Hi, I'm Regina Campbell, the uh, managing attorney here at the Campbell Law Group, and I want to welcome everyone back for the uh, seventh episode, season one of The Legal Zone. Hopefully they've been really helpful, and I hope you enjoyed today's topic. Today's topic we're going to talk about, are cross-border deals dead? And this is a particularly timely issue to talk about because just recently the United States opened up the borders for more for international travel on November 8th. And it's believed that it's going to create, uh, you know, bring back the business investors, bring back some of the um, sort of entrepreneurs and potential increase the deal flow, so to speak, of what's going on across the borders. But interesting enough, uh, we do think it's going to have that effect. But interesting enough, it actually the first quarter of 2021 and kind of the third quarter has been a stellar year for M&A transactions, surprisingly cross-border ones. Specifically, according to Bloomberg, by the way, uh, specifically uh, the United States is one of the top acquirers as usual, UK, uh, we have Canada, also Japan. So it definitely seems that cross-border deals are far from being dead. And if anything, I think they're only going to increase now with the opening of some of the borders and the reduction of the pandemic. Uh, is effect right now, and some of the countries are kind of loosening up. Of course, there are some countries that are experiencing more surges than others. Um, this is anticipated, hopefully, that it's going to be diminished as time goes on and each country starts to get more access to vaccinations, which brings us to the overall importance of cross-border deals and why they're happening. Uh, this pandemic has certainly caught me off guard. I would have thought we were heading towards a, you know, kind of a meltdown like in 2008, 2009. But this pandemic really has been a re-adaptation re-adapt- of new companies. Unfortunately, some have you know, gone, gone under and, and not done well. Others have thrived. But this has definitely been a, a tale of what companies can adapt and are innovative and the use of technology to adjust to the circumstances and the changing in the consumer markets in addition to the consumer to commercial markets. So with the opening, you know, November 8th of uh, basically some international travelers, it is going to allow not just uh, international travelers to come here, but of course Americans are traveling more now that there is more vaccination and, and there's more clarity in some of the rules in the different countries and so forth as far as vaccination and who can come in and not. I think also one of the other pressures that this country is going to see, and it's probably going to increase the need for cross-border deals or potentially to, you know, to find synergies across the, uh, across the ocean, so to speak, is going to be talent, talent acquisition. Uh, as everyone knows, there is a great res- resignation occurring in the United States right now. And it's leading towards, of course, a shift in employees uh, looking for the types of jobs, reskilling themselves, which overall I think in the long term is going to be um, give the United States a boost and, and effectively increase our um basically mobility, employee mobility, satisfaction, hopefully including pay. And some people don't like that idea. But as a business owner myself, um, and a lot of business owners that I represent are kind of concerned with the trend. However, I think in general that should be a good trend because um, it should create, you know, obviously more opportunity and also more money for people to spend as well and a better standard of living, which leads to more political stability. Uh, but in general, I think some of the acquisition issues that we're having here um, with employment and in talent and so forth are going to be filled often by the voids that exist in other countries or countries that have a more stable sort of workforce in particular industries and skills. So that seems to be driving those type of synergies um, and obviously political stability, governmental regulation, how they've been handling COVID, what the outlook lo- looks not just short-term but long-term is driving a lot of uh, companies to look for sort of a subsidiaries and other companies that can complement 
their global enterprise or potentially domestic sort of uh, companies that are in the United States that they may have, they're finding that to be a better fit than trying to find local companies um, in the United States, so to speak. However, there is some consolidation, of course, going on in the domestic um, sort of arena as well. For the most part, I not just find it; just, I find it to be more regional. I'm a small, I'm a smaller business attorney owner, not necessarily for the one of the big firms, so I'm not as familiar with maybe the larger scale deals. Of course, you hear some of them, you know, on TV and some of the antitrust issues that they raise. But in general, I see some regional consolidation, sometimes due to distressed companies being bought up by someone that may have done well whether because they received funds from COVID or they just had certain types of contracts that were structured in a manner that allowed them to survive through COVID better. But yet they want to grab the customer base, potentially technology, the equipment that another company has, and they're being bought out, unfortunately, sometimes under distress circumstances. But it seems to be the pattern sort of regionally and locally that occurs. The other thing to consider also with cross-border deals is the availability, of course, of funds and money and to be able to uh, bring money outside the country or into a country. There's been some issues here, some upheaval in general as a political basis, what's going on in certain countries in South America, which has, including even Colombia, which was always a a very close um, sort of connection with, with Miami and Florida and the United States, it seemed to be having some upheaval also politically, which is kind of dampering some of the deals in Colombia and some of the South American countries. However, it is pushing some of the residents of Colombia and other countries to want to come here. So once again, as we always know, political environment and stability is something that uh, also drives potential deals and drives people into countries or out of countries. And this is no exception. Um, this is also, also another thing to take into consideration is the you know access to capital again and to funds in the United States once again always seems to have a very friendly environment for that and sort of a credit rich or capital rich uh, type economy and companies seem to be sitting on a lot of cash particularly tech companies so it's once again it's the synergy of maybe certain technologies working and surviving the covid pandemic um, epidemic you know uh, you know disaster so to speak they might find a smaller company a tech company has a, a technology that they're no longer able to scale up or bring uh, to the market on a larger scale and the uh, company comes in and says hey you know what i got this you know i think we come together i'm going to buy you out and i'm going to bring your technology in to complement ours and i think those have been the biggest winners so in general, what I'm seeing, I am seeing, uh, you know, on a small level, on a small scale in Miami as a Miami uh, corporate attorney, uh, people interested in purchasing companies, uh, a lot of money to potentially expand um, and also look into acquisitions uh, in other states and sometimes other countries. But for the most part, it's been local, what I've been experiencing. So a couple of tips when you're looking at, you know, doing whether it's a cross-border deal or maybe even a local sort of cross-border state-to-state, uh, not international uh, you know, once again, you need to look into maybe, is it more important than before, What, how friendly that state or country's COVID laws are, what kind of lockdowns or procedures they have in place, what is their health circumstances, what are their political, you know, uh, circumstances, are they stable? And unfortunately, uh, you know, many people around the world would actually be concerned for the first time about the United States. However, those concerns are still seem to be dampered by the fact that this still seems to be the primary location to... Um, you know, for companies to go acquire other companies, and this becomes the parent company, the remaining company, so that indicates some stability and uh, practicality with you know keeping the United States company. So even though there's concerns about stability in the United States, there's also a concern all you know around the countries, different countries. 
So one of the tools is you have to make sure that you understand the landscape and the local landscaping um, of that particular country. Not just the country itself, but actually the city and maybe local provinces before you get involved in any kind of cross uh, you know, border deals, so to speak, whether it's mergers and acquisitions or potentially even transactions, which I haven't really discussed much today. But it's the same general concept. You want to understand what the environment is. Is your money going to be safe there? Uh, what kind of you know assets will remain in the country versus being expat- you know expatriated or potentially exported back to the United States? The structure of the deals, whether stock or cash deals. Do these companies have large debts? Do they are they also when you figure out valuations? One of the major concerns that I've seen with companies is that we had some had a dip, some had a significant dip that was unusual due to COVID, and a lot of times they're running off credit lines for a certain period of time and they're catching up now. But it might skew the valuation of the company. So it's important to maybe extend deals long enough where you either have a look-back period that sort of evens out or um, basically um, find sort of a baseline for the value of the company, depending if you're selling or purchasing. Of course, a purchaser, right now, if you did a valuation, some of these companies might be cheaper and have an interest in buying them at this time. If you are a seller, you may want to consider, again, drawing out that timeline and potential um, sort of valuation time period with your financials and your income and and over time and, and what happened during the pandemic to try to normalize it to get maybe a better price for your company. So these are some of the things that, you know, hopefully this has been helpful. It's really more precursory uh, stuff we're talking about here. And I just thought it was so important right now because when everyone thinks, that, you know, the cross-border deals are dead, they're really, really not. As always, you know, human ingenuity and determination finds a way at all costs, so to speak, uh, you know, to continue to go forward and to create hopefully what's best, you know, for everybody and overall create a better future. Um, Something to consider again, you know, when we go forward, even as business owners, um, you know, what that looks like and how you can partake in that. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Um, You know, I hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to see some of the other ones that we've done, uh, please, you know, go see us on YouTube, become a subscriber. You can see other podcasts also on our website. And we ask you to come follow us on all our social media accounts. And we hope you enjoyed this and stay tuned for the next podcast. Take care.